Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's why I was sort of raising that that issue of something like the exceptions, because you really want to make sure that you are kind of chunking out the different elements of your policy so that the policy itself, you know, stands alone and is really is really clear, but also that those other surrounding um, supporting information pieces are also clearly identified so that if there are exceptions, it's clear for people to see what, what those are and what the impact is. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I am the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we have with us Vivian Begg. Hi, Vivian. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Kwame. Nice to be here. So for those who may not know, Vivian has been conducting a few courses for the GRCI on policy writing and different types of structured writing, quite essential stuff to communicate to the rest of the organization. Um, Vivian, maybe we should get started with just talking a little bit about your background, uh, although I think people should know by now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, my, my expertise is in, is in writing and writing in a, in a business context, a work, a work context. And as you say, that can cover everything from something basic like writing emails through to all sorts of different reports, business cases, and as you say, through to, through to things like policies and procedures, which are obviously pretty key in the, uh, in the compliance world. And that's something I've, I've been doing for, for quite some time. Uh, and yeah, over the last five years or so, um, delivered a number of webinars and courses and a few podcasts as well. Uh, with GRCI. Excellent. So today we're talking because of recently, well not recently, I guess the conversation has been evolving over the last couple of months about vaccine policies. And then of course we had um, Qantas specifically mentioned that they are going to put into place a mandatory vaccine policy. And then there's also been recommendations from the Fair Work Ombudsman and the Human Rights Council about what that might look like and maybe not having a blanket policy for everyone. So I, I just really say that to sort of set the stage of, I mean, stepping away from the vaccine policies specifically and really just wanted to talk about what it would be like to write, I guess, a policy that might be just a little bit difficult. You know, what are some of the essential elements that companies should keep in mind and not get, you know, sort of lose the forest for the trees or is it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure um, about that either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess what are some of the essential elements of a, a policy policy writing that businesses should think about? Yeah, thanks, Kwame. And you're exactly right. I mean, it becomes, I guess it's the same sort of things I would talk about irrespective if I was talking about policy writing. But obviously, if you're dealing with something that's maybe going to be a bit contentious, might not be well received in your organisation, then you've obviously got to put, put more effort into that and thinking about how, how you do that. So I think that there's a few things to consider. And I think maybe one of the first ones is to make it clear in your policy why you're introducing the policy. Um, and in the compliance space, I guess it might be because there's some new legislation or banking regulations or what have you. There could be all sorts of reasons. But I think people are more accepting and open to this sort of thing where they're basically being told that there's something that they must do or must not do if they understand the reason why. You know, a little bit like when you were a kid and, you know, your, your mother told you what you said, well, why? And she said, 
because I said so, um, and that was never a very, very acceptable, <laughs> very acceptable reason. We, you know, as adults in a work environment, we want to understand the reasons behind these sorts of directives. So I think that's, I think that's really key, um, and you know, to people being a bit more open to to whatever is going on. Um, I think at the, the, maybe at the other end of the of the spectrum, there, there's the there's also the similar kind of issue around positioning what the benefits um, of the policy are. And those might be at an individual level or they might be to the organisation or part of the organisation or they might be to the organisation's customers or what have you. But again, I think trying to find, you know, where, what's the positive, what, why are we doing this, you know, what is this going to achieve, you know, at the other end once we've, once we've put, this, put this into place. And so I think, you know, kind of bookending your policy, if you like, with, you know, what, what's been the trigger for this and what is the, you know, what's the outcome we're, we're looking for here, um, you know, sets a much more acceptable scene, if you like, mm -hmm. for people to have that, have that understanding. And I think, you know, to, to motivate them, you know, to get on board, because, you know, I think what we need to remember is, it's not the it's not the policy document that's going to get you the outcome that you're after. Mm. It's the people that are putting it into practice yeah. that that are going to do that for you. So you, you're looking for the ways of how do you how do you get them how do you get them on board um, around whatever it is you're you're trying to achieve. Yeah, um, and I imagine even with all that, the the mere fact that you have to come up with it all by yourself that there isn't a uh, I guess a mandated standard from the powers that be that each company is going to have to travel that journey on their own yeah that's exactly that's exactly right um and i guess there you know when you are when you're coming to that writing of that you know key piece of information that tells uh employees what it is you need them to do or not do whatever it is i think one of the key things there is to make sure that you write it as clearly and simply as you possibly can. Um, so that whole kind of plain, plain language piece, because, you know, the plain language research suggests that, you know, when we take that sort of approach and it's easy for our readers to grasp the information and then hopefully act on that information, when people are able to, to easily understand the information, they actually give it more credibility. You know, it's like if you hear a politician answering a answering a question in an interview, and they uh, they they're obfuscating and they're going around the houses and they're avoiding answering it. You know, you know they're trying to hide something or they're trying not to answer the question. Whereas, you know, when you're given information in a clear, simple way, you have confidence and trust. I think in you know whoever is providing that information to you so i think you know the, the the more effectively you can word it the more clearly and simply you can word it um the better it is uh in terms of that that outcome as well um and i guess you know we need to sort of think about i've talked about you know positioning why and positioning benefits and writing the actual policy piece itself but there's obviously a key issue here and whether that relates to, to the vaccination idea or any of those kind of contentious policies that, that there might be is to make sure that you really clear about things like any exceptions um, to the policy because, you know, we all know that there's always the exception that, that proves the rule. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you've got some clarity around, you know, what, what are the likely exceptions and acceptable exceptions and to document those very clearly as well. 
Um, and I guess there's, there's going to be some communications around all of this. And that, that's the other thing to think about is it's not, not just that policy document in isolation. You know, I would imagine in this sort of scenario that you would, where you're concerned about, you know, how well accepted a, a policy might be, that you would be doing other kind of communications around this, you know, before it comes out to, you know, prepare the ground, if you like, for what uh, for what is going to be happening. So I think, you know, maybe starting to set set that up, let people know that there's something coming. Um, and if you know that there are going to be exceptions um, that you're going to incorporate, then letting people know because I can imagine in the you know in the in the mandatory vaccine area at the moment there are people who are going to be concerned for whatever medical reasons you know that that they can't be vaccinated or it's maybe not a good idea for them, and obviously they're going to have concerns about their their job security in in, in certain situations. So you know I think it's going to be really important for organisations to do that other kind of uh, communication. Um, ahead of time and to start start setting the scene around uh, around that sort of thing. It sounds to me, um, and based on our previous conversations, podcasts, articles we've done, that in many ways it's going back to many of the things that you've spoken about in a variety of different formats. It's all about knowing who you're communicating with um, and breaking it down easily. You mentioned plain English, um, I guess, signposting the bits that would be relevant to whoever your audience is, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I was sort of raising that that issue of something like the exceptions, because you really want to make sure that you are kind of chunking out the different elements of your policy so that the policy itself, you know, stands alone and is really is really clear, but also that those other surrounding um, supporting information pieces are also clearly identified so that if there are exceptions, it's clear for people to see what, what those are and what the impact is. If you want to show examples, I think that's often really helpful as well in terms of getting people's understanding, not just the, the blanket statement of the policy, but what does this actually look like in practice and giving people some examples of, of that that they can relate to you know, in your own organisation. Um, but really importantly, yeah, chunking out those different pieces of information and signposting those pieces of information so that it's again it's really clear for people to see what information is available to to them in the policy so that they can use that information and, and act on that that information and I think that that's just another layer to the the plain language kind of idea you want the individual pieces to be easy to understand but overall you want your document to be easy for a reader to navigate to be able to see you know what what's here what do I want to focus in on and and so on. Excellent. Well, coming really down to the end, I would say, um, and the question I would have for risk and compliance professionals um, who are listening is for those who might be involved or have been charged to sort of consult or actually write a policy like this, um, are they some basic pointers? I mean, other than coming to our course and hearing you know, teach. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think you touched on you touched on it a minute ago, which is is yeah. that that real need to 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 look at this from a, a a reader's perspective. It's so easy for us when we are writing documents to get caught up in ourselves. You know, particularly if you've been you know researching a new area and looking at what's the impact to a new subject and looking at the impact of that on you know on your organisation, you can get very caught up in how your 
viewing the information and what information you want to, to get across. But really what's important, and, and I always say this in the sessions that I run, the best business writers, policy writers, report writers, whatever, are the ones who are best able to put themselves in the, in the reader's shoes and really think from that reader's perspective about what information is going to be relevant to them. How should that information be organised and sequenced in a way that's going to be logical for the reader working with that information? And what's the appropriate kind of terminology that you're going to use that fits your audience? And that may well be different to the kind of language you might be using within your own, um, your own GRC, <clears throat> excuse me, your own GRC team. Uh, you know, the, the sort of terminology and what have you can, can vary between, between audience and, uh, and writer. Um, and I think maybe just to sort of throw in one, one last little thought, you know, that, that idea around, you know, just chunking that information out. I mean, we can anticipate with these sorts of documents that there may well be a need to, to update them as situations change. And if you've chunked your information effectively, then it becomes a whole lot easier to update because you're not having to update the whole document. You're able to identify the individual components that have changed and just, just update those instead. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Vivian. You are very welcome, Kwame. It's lovely to talk to you. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary. <laughs>